Fair presents Evil Isn't Easy, Chapter 2. here. So you are. You are going to tell me about your time as a queen. You were paying attention. Before I do that, I want to tell you a little bit about the magic. Yes, please. I was the same way when the witch who taught me showed me some things. Does that mean, could I learn to do magic too? Is that something you want? To be able to magic away my problems? To be able to afford whatever I want? Of course it is. Is that what you'd use it for? Give yourself a fountain of gold, make all the things that annoy you go away? Yes, I expect so. But I'd want to help people, too. By giving them lots of money, too, taking away all their problems. But what happens when everyone is rich and there's no one to do the work? I hadn't really thought about that. But it's easy to say that some people shouldn't have power when you've got a lot of it. Well said. What my witch failed to teach me, and I will try to show you, is that even magic has consequences. What happens when you throw a stone in a lake? It causes ripples to flow. And the larger the stone, the bigger the ripples. With magic, the edges are much closer than you'd think, and those ripples come back much stronger. I don't know what that means. It means for every spell you cast, every change you make to benefit yourself, there are serious repercussions Usually unpleasant and chaotic. So you can do what you want, but there are consequences. Precisely, but I didn't understand that back then. And at that point, the world owed me, and I was there to collect. Now, where did I leave off? You'd taken control of the guild's castle and established a kingdom. Ah, yes. I'll spare you the boring details of growing a small kingdom, but what I've learned is that when you have a lot of money... People will flock to it as moths to a flame. Before long, the castle was filled inside with simpering sycophants and outside with peasants and serfs hoping for a handout over the wall. You don't need to sound so disdainful. In order to feed their families, the poor must travel to where the work and money resides. You're right, of course. But reliving these memories makes me remember what I thought at the time. It's like trying on an old pair of clothes. You start to remember who you were the last time you wore them. And I wasn't a pleasant person to be around. But why? You'd gotten what you wanted. I've often said that the worst punishment for a person is to get everything they'd ever wished for. Why would that be a punishment? Because it's never enough. It opens a hole inside a person's soul that can never be filled. They just want more and more and more and more. I became obsessed with beauty. But why? I'm not sure. Once I was warm, fed, clothed, rich, I started focusing on what I had to look at every day. First it was finery, you know, clothes and shoes, then furniture, decorations, art. Then I even started choosing staff by their looks. Doing the job became less important, just how you look doing it. That sounds terrible. 
Yes, but very, very pretty. Soon my guards knew enough to keep the ugly people out of the castle, and then even to keep them out of the town in general. It was all surface to me. You know, a clean coat of paint on a building that was rotting on the inside. Is that how you chose your king? Partially, yes. I'd been courted a number of times over the years. Seeing a woman in power unattached seemed to rub people the wrong way. Finally, one came along that ticked all the boxes. Already wealthy, handsome... Not a total idiot, but there was a catch. He had a daughter. Yes, a sweet baby girl. The mother had died in childbirth, and as long as I wasn't expected to raise the runt, I didn't really see it as a problem. My castle was large, plenty of room to never cross paths with the fledgling. But that's not what happened. She became the fairest in the land, beloved of the people, and her skin was as white as snow. Ugh, very thin, very pale, if you like that sort of thing. I started hearing things about this princess being more beloved than me, that she should be in charge, that she was the prettiest in the realm. I shouldn't have let it get to me, but it did. May I ask a question? Of course. Why didn't you just cast a spell on her, zap her with lightning, make her blood boil? (laughs) There's no such thing as infinite power. I'm a witch, but not a god. I can't just smite those who oppose me. Consequences, remember? Besides, slaughtering the favorite daughter would not win over the hearts of the people. Why would you care? (laughs) Because there are more of them than of me. I'm long-lived, but not immortal. Even witches have their weaknesses. I didn't want an out-and-out riot. I had to be subtle. The huntsmen? The poison apple? The dwarves? All pretty much is told. The first kiss of true love, some magic is sunk deep into the world, and no spell can touch it. That one has always eluded me. It's the one thing that can't be fabricated. Heaven knows I've tried. But obviously you weren't killed. No. But a resurrected princess showing up on a white steed next to a handsome prince, leading a procession of dwarves, it tends to rally the people. It's not storybook worthy, but she led and the people followed. They abandoned you. That was not a fight I wanted to have. I'd been alive for probably a hundred years at that point, and to be honest, I'd gotten a bit tired of... people. I'm not sure I understand. I started thinking about how long my life would be and what I wanted out of it. I'd seen people grow up, fall in love and die, and I'd remained. I grew weary of their petty concerns. I wanted to take in the long view. And that leads us to here. Ha <laughs> Not even close. I still had my pride and my kingdom, abandoned by the populace, but still known. I took the time away from mortal life to explore my magic and understand the world as I knew it. But I couldn't tear myself away completely. So I made sure they knew that the Wild Witch of the Woods was alive and active, to make sure they never forgot. And then one day, they forgot. Yes, they did. I was not invited to a party and I was going to make sure that no one ever made that mistake again. I must go. They're ever so cruel when I'm late. But I'll be back tomorrow for more of your tale. Of course. I'm not going anywhere. Until then? Until then.
Ox and Hares, Evil Isn't Easy, is written by Kyle Olson. Performed by Jess Harris and Brooke Unberberg. Directed by Kyle Olson. Produced by Ryan Fitzpatrick. Follow us on Twitter at Ox and Hare. Check out our Facebook page or come by our website, oxandhare.com, where we've got mysteries to unravel, the undead to console, and a time travel. Just not all at once. Find new adventures each week on Ox and Hare's Monday Matinee. Come along.